Dude, I was playing Disc Jam earlier. I really fucking like that game. <laughs> Is it good? Because it, it's one of those games that fun. it looked like Funhouse was playing half because it wasn't a super good game. But then it's, they I did know, a second fun, video dude. on it. No, that's the thing. <laughs> then they did a second video on it. And I'm like, wait, is this a good game? <laughs> I don't... I never see anybody talk about it. But it's just like, it's fun, dude. And it's like... I, uh... It's a little hard to get, like, the curve throws right. So that, like, the disc just continuously bounces against the same wall. Like, it's... Yeah. Like actually, really difficult to do that when you're playing. Like in the tutorial where you do it, it's like kind of hard to do it, but you know you can eventually get the hang of it. But then when you're also moving your character around and trying to get to the disc, pass you know, stuff like that, because you can only hold it for like two seconds before you have to throw it. And like, okay, the the quicker you throw it after you, when you run and grab it the faster it goes. So, like, it incentivizes you to just, like, get Quick there plays. and throw it. It's fucking... It's really cool. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I've just been crushing through Obra Dinn, the return of the Obra Dinn, and I'm at the point now where the game says I have all the information I need to, to solve it, and I don't think the game uh, estimated how um just poor my deductive reasoning skills are <laughs> i'm just so hung up it's just like uh, you're saying cuz like one of the one of the main things of the game is it uh, is it's just like you have this portrait of everyone on board and you can look at it and if they're uh if you go to like a like a zoom in on their face and it shows up blurry that means that you don't have enough information to name this person but if it shows up clear and it has like three marks it means that you have enough information but it might not it, it it's a lot of like you'll have to make a lot of inferences and like process of elimination to figure this out but then there's a couple of them that are just like like, yeah, no, this is a one star. You should be able to solve this solve this no matter what. I'm just like, I'm so hung up on this one guy. Just like, he's killed several people. So having having him figuring out his identity would just help me so much in just being like, this would tie up this loose end and this loose end and this loose end. Oh, shit. <clears throat> yeah, that's a rough one. Yeah. And I don't want to, and it, and it's a, it's a whole thing where it's just like, <coughs> I've looked on the wiki, I've looked on the Wikipedia a little bit for things where it's just like, how do I, where am I supposed to go to start the next sequence of memories and stuff like that? Not necessarily looking to cheat, because the most of the Wikipedia stuff on it, uh, most of like the the wiki stuff on it is is just like. Oh, this part. I, I was reading a little bit of it. I'm just like, oh, oh, this this is just telling me everything. No, I don't want to. I don't want right, to have all yeah, the solutions yeah, just yeah, given yeah, to me. Yeah, I just yeah, want to yeah. know. It's hard to where, get the right where I go to start with this a mystery kind of thing, you know, without somebody just straight up spilling beans on it. And like IGN had uh, actually had a really good one, kind of depending on what you're looking for, um, where it was very bare bones. 
but it did like so this chapter is started with this memory that you have to go here to find and it's just like okay that's that's what i'm looking for i don't want to i don't want right, to be like sure. and this is this is what i think happened this gives you the fun. beginning it, of the threads yeah <laughs> not even the beginning of the threads just okay i i i've literally finished this chapter in a book that i'm given that i have to solve the chapters in how do i start the next chapter where do i find (laughs) the memory to start the next chapter not even the memory literally where is a corpse or a piece of a corpse i need to find and it's real funny near the end of it where it's just like seriously where where's a body gonna turn up i've searched the entire ship already where where are they oh Okay, I'm surprised. You you got me, game. You you, uh, you put one there. Yeah. Welcome to Binge and Purge, the spoiler cast where I, John, and I, Meryl. Yeah, we go through some uh, different series, maybe movies, probably mostly TV series. Uh, One of us hasn't seen it before, usually being the case. Uh, One of us has. And then uh, we just go through it in a short period of time and then uh, put out a little spoiler review for the whole thing. Yep, and uh, this episode we're going to be talking about Season 1 of uh, DC's Doom Patrol, which uh, is currently available uh, on, I think, DC Universe and um, HBO Now. It's streaming on both those services. HBO Max. HBO Max, yes. Max, Max, yep. It's... That is their issue with all their streaming things is it's confusing to remember which is which. Yeah, they're pretty dog shit at all that. Um, But Doom Patrol is pretty cool. Um, So starting out with the first pilot episode, you really get into just basic um, backstories for people. Yeah. Uh, Here, but let's uh, let's get into so this was uh, a series I had seen before. Uh, I watched it probably about a year ago. And then um, when you had this idea for this show, I'm like, yeah, here, give this a give this a check out. Because yeah. I, I definitely thought it was something you might dig because you you liked some of the you liked like the flash and some of that stuff, especially earlier on. And this kind of has that, but. It's also a little bit more fucked up. I would say I am generally easier to please with a lot of TV shows and stuff like that, but harder to hook. So, mm-hmm. especially, like, were you watching this when it was first coming out? Like, did you have to wait for the week to watch it? Um, no, I... I I watched it. I basically binged it um, before the Swamp Thing series came out. So I think okay. yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure all the episodes were out. But I had heard about it because I was interested, and I'm just like, 
Oh, they got Brendan Fraser in this? Brendan Fla- Fraser's playing a, a robot man? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That sounds yeah. weird. Uh, it's pretty cool. Very interesting how uh, his backstory starts off and stuff like that. Um, yeah. With you read more comics than I do as well. Have you read any Doom Patrol comic like stuff beforehand? So yeah, I um, after I watched the show, I was interested in in the comics. So. Uh, since I was subscribed to DC Universe at the time, I used that to wa- to read a bunch of um, the older one or not the super old ones because this one this series goes back to like the comics go back to like the 50s. I think these are so. Here's a fun little fact to start off with: the Doom Patrol came out before the X Men. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but they kind of fall under the same thing where a group of outcasts are led by a man in a wheelchair. Yeah. But then, yeah, but, yeah. But, but then things differ, differ wildly. Even throughout this series, um, you get the whole X-Men vibes and stuff like that. The whole Professor Xavier kind of vibe from the Chief and whatnot. He's like... Per- He's Professor Xavier crossed with Indiana Jones, kind of. Um, but yes, I have read. I read um, like uh, from the '80s, so it was a thing of I read their a little bit of their pre-Crisis run up until Crisis, and then that's when Grant Morrison took over, killed off a bunch of characters. Uh, it's very funny. It, just like during the crisis event, a bunch of the old, really, really bad um, characters. There's like a punk who could manipulate luck. So like human being or not even ma- manipulate luck. He could manipulate people's brains so that they couldn't physically hit him. And that was his power. And then there was like another kid who could... Um, I think maybe get really warm and they were both very unceremoniously killed. Uh, just like, it's like one panel or like off panel. It was, uh, it was very funny. Uh, but then Grant Morrison took over and I think that's what kind of popularized doom patrol to, to a lot of people. Okay. So you got into reading those um, after you watched the show though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, they're very good though. I, uh, they're very weird. Uh, I know Grant Morrison's a weird guy who, I think, believes in like a lot of like chaos magic or just general magic in general, and like writes about things that are kind of about that. Um, <clears throat> when so there was a weird thing. I'll get into it later. Or I might not get into it at all, because it doesn't need to be really brought up. Um, But yeah, the the comics are overall really good. I didn't read the the later, later series that some of this is based on, too, because they just kind of grabbed and pulled from all the comics uh, for this show, from what I've read. Um, What was my point? 
I haven't read like the the later comics uh, written by uh, Gerard Way for My Chemical Romance. He did a uh, he did a run on it uh, in the, oh. uh, in the later year in like the I, I think either New Fifty Two or even post New Fifty Two, or maybe pre New Fifty Two. I can't I. But he got his hands on it at some point. Yeah. Um. But let's get into it. Yeah. You're. Uh, um. Yeah. The pilot episode. <clears throat> yeah. With the pilot episode, it pretty much just starts off uh, with the narrator, I believe. It shows you uh, Morden right away getting transformed. It's like a cold yeah. open on that. And uh, after the... that. You get um, just thrown into Cliff Steele's whole thing. It just it really throws a lot of the characters at you right away, um, getting you right into that manner. Just you know, Cliff being killed, and then sequences of Rita Farr and Larry Trainer, all the people that are at the manor right away. Yeah, while he's in his just brain yeah. status. You know, I really, um, I will say the CG of, uh, of him, uh, of Robot Man in the beginning is a little rough. Like that mirror shot of him is pretty rough CG, but I do like that they just, that they were smart and they went just practical with him. With, with the him. robot. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> Cliff Steele, it, you know his name being Steel in the before being turned into a robot. It's pretty uh pretty cash money. Gotta love that comic book honorary. Oh um, yeah, I um in, there's a name for it. It's um nominative determinism, where your name determines what your life is going to be. Oh, uh, that's cool. That's funny. So many comic book characters have that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even um Rita Far. Uh, the uh what is it she's the elongated woman later on she doesn't really fully get into that in the season but she can like, show it once yeah and i thought that was really cool like that definitely show like because for me at first once you do get introduced to rita and you find out about her power and how she's just a blob and whatnot um i was like okay that's kind of cool but I don't see the practicality in that ever being too useful. Like, I I guess I wasn't thinking about the fact that, you know, she's constantly controlling her shape enough to keep herself looking as she was when she was in pictures. Um, yeah. It didn't really strike me until the one scene where she, you know, throws somebody back and stretches her arm like a fucking plastic man or Mr. Fantastic or a long-dated woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, "Oh, she's cool that way," <laughs> you know. She's uh, she's Mrs. Incredible. Um, um, but yeah, so we're introduced to um Rita Farr and the Chief, played by um, what's his name? Uh, Timothy, Timothy Dalton, Dalton, one of the one of the Bonds. I will say he has aged very well. He he's very he's very very good in this show i think oh he's fantastic uh actor in older years i don't care for bond yeah. films so i don't uh, uh what do you have what do you call it opinion on that stuff yeah i don't think i don't 
think he was the one that was comically old, and it was kind of sad that he was, um, and like really gross that he was hitting on all these young women. Uh, um, I don't know what my point is. I think I'm just hating on that old ass Bond because he was so old. The cold open um, with Alan Tudyk as uh, Eric Morden and Mr. Nobody is pretty cool, though. Just even for the pilot episode with like the limited budget, I'm sure they probably put into that not knowing it. Because with it just being labeled pilot, you know, they didn't know if they were going to take the series, I'm sure, all the way. Uh, yeah. It's cool. I And, you know, once you do see Mr. Nobody again later on um, in his odd, fractured state uh, yeah, after, you know, being put through the uh, machine by Von Fuchs. Von, Fu- Von Fuchs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Von Fuchs is Uber. Yeah, Fuchs is Uber. That was a good, uh, um, that was, so the, yeah, him getting his powers in the beginning, all that stuff is, Alan Tudyk is an amazing actor. Like, he's just great. Him as the narrator, narrator, and then just the way this show breaks the fourth wall with the narrator, like, once you realize, okay, no, he's, like, talking about us, and then later on in other episodes where he's wearing doom patrol merch and doing shit of that nature. Yeah. It's just delightful, uh, you know, kind of dead poolery with that fourth wall breaking and whatnot. Um, they do it the right way and they do it well. Um, using narration as a plot point, um, and like something Rita ends up taking control of at some point in the series. It's, Super cool. Super cash money. Love it. Um, so what would you say was your like favorite episode or episodes? Or actually, okay. no, let's, let's introduce all the characters for having done that. Uh, we've yeah, only introduced so, Rita and the chief and, uh, yeah, we only Cliff really so talked far. about Rita, chief cliff. Uh, we also got Larry Trainer, which is a character that I really liked. He was a, you know, Air Force pilot that, you know, old flyboy that had a mishap with an electrical storm while testing out a rocket plane. Um, that yeah. electrical storm embodied him with what they called the negative spirit and, you know, keeps him alive well past when he should be definitely dead. Um, then the negative spirit also has some crazy powers that we don't even begin to really understand throughout the entire. It is, it is that classic uh, narrative of, of this is a, an intelligence that is higher than us, and it does things for reasons that we don't understand, and it can do things that we don't understand that seem like magic. And they'll use him as a magic wand to fix things that they can't at certain time. But we also do know that there are certain limitations to that, which we see in the finale when, you know, yes, he's going to be able to do something, but it's going to release a bunch of fucking radiation. So how do you, you know, deal with that as well? Um, Well, (laughs) I like how they deal with that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely cool but 
Larry Trainer. Um, he's all wrapped up in bandages. I thought he was like an invisible man or something like that. Uh, something I was going to ask you. Uh, so has the radiation that he admits died off, or no. just the bandages that he wears are they like special and help suppress that? There's special bandages that that suppress the radiation. If he didn't have those okay. bandages, he'd have to wear uh, that like that whole radiation suit thing that he was wearing when he was in the ant farm. Cool. That's a thing I was curious about. That's kind of what I figured. Yeah. But it was. They don't. I I they I I don't think they mention it a lot. I think they explicitly. St- I know they explicitly state what they do in the second season, but I don't think I've heard them explicitly say it in the first. Sure. <clears throat> See, and that's something that I kind of just figured by myself, but was unsure. Um, but yeah, uh, also, eventually, Crazy Jane shows up. She's a cute girl that has 64 different personalities inside her, and each one different, has a different superpower. Um, she's also a magic wand as far as plot devices and stuff like that goes. But yeah. she is definitely interesting. I mean, you know, uh, episode it, it, it came from school. some of the stuff um, from the from the comics with her is very much just like, oh, man. This is how you think abused people deal with abuse, huh? Oh, uh, but yeah. It's like it's because um, she has a character that doesn't show up in the first season called Scarlet Harlot, which I'm just like, oh, this is rough. This is just like, oh, this is your your sex pot personality, huh? With the power to make people all sexy, huh? Right. Uh, but uh, uh, but so I think that's all of the regular Doom Patrol. We've got Cliff, we've got Rita, yeah. we've got. Cr- crazy jane and we've got larry um they and all, then and then we've you know, also got um so the chief goes missing at the end of the first episode because um yeah, mr yeah. nobody kidnaps him yeah, and so that kidnaps that's, him and a donkey is left behind so you've got to get the chief back right yeah and that brings us to episode two of donkey patrol Yes, where um, a donkey has, after the Doom Patrol has tried to go into town to live a normal, to to try to just have a normal life, Rita explodes and do a giant blob and they fuck everything up. And then a donkey swallows the town. And they get, uh, I think Jane gets sucked in and she draws a painting of... um, of she draws cyborg. a painting yeah they don't show it until later she just keeps on saying dead in his arms and then eventually they show the painting is cyborg with motherfuckers cyborg all fucking cracked out it's pretty dope uh with yeah that in his arms but cyborg is a thing like uh cyborg comes to investigate the 
uh, nonsense that's going down because he was just a well-known superhero in Detroit, not part of the yeah. Titans or anything like that. Uh, people do make cracks at him like, oh, you know, the Justice League and stuff like that because he's, you know, trying to get himself seen as a superhero so that he can apply the, the Justice League uh, and with his father being a big to-do at Star Labs and whatnot. Yeah. Elias Stone. Um, but I definitely like what they do. I I've I like Cyborg in this series. Cyborg um, in this series is fucking awesome, dude. Like his backstory in this series, like his distrust of his father, his just everything about like, you know, how he kinda is he's He's the Robin for Doom Patrol, you know. It's he's really, you know, trying to get the team all jacked up and get them to go out on missions and stuff like that, and you know, having team meetings and stuff. It's uh, it's cool. I I I, I definitely dig it, and also I dig what they do with his general aesthetic with what they have, you know, um, as yeah. far as. It, they keep his outfit practical as well, and you know, the face bit might look a little bit goofy, but it's just it works. It's good. I I honestly, it, he's always wearing. He's got his fucking chest on underneath his sweater all the time, so you can see his yeah. big cyborg yeah, chest and whatnot. I uh, I just dig it. He's fucking Did cool. We... I I want to see more people cosplay like that cyborg. I I think it'd be sick. Well. Uh, what's really funny is, is um, apparently, um, uh, who plays him? Uh, uh, um, the two cyborgs, the one from the movie, uh, Jovi and Wade, and the uh, this cyborg, and the the ones from the the DC universe movies, they're like friends on Twitter, and they're like, "Fuck yeah, man! Keep keep doing the cyborg stuff, man! We're the only <laughs> people that can." Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome because there's some people that are just like oh man such a better cyborg and they're like no we cyborgs need to lift each other up right we can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't fight each other um but yeah so the yeah the inciting incident that brings all of our heroes together is the chief going missing um and getting sucked in, um, a don- no, they don't get sucked. The chief doesn't get sucked into a donkey. Just everyone else does. The town and um, and yeah, Jane, I believe. Uh, most of them end up going inside of the donkey. Uh, they use Rita to like look inside of it. At one point, she starts getting sucked in. That's when they all go in. I think. But uh, yeah. eventually, when they all get out and whatnot, you know, um, Mister Nobody still has uh, what's his name? Still has the chief. Yeah, chief. I believe, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's just like basically the whole time they were in the donkey, uh, Mister Nobody was just fucking with each of their heads and just like showing them terrible either memories or just being like, oh, you could stay here if you wanted. Oh, you've got to make a decision, though. 
Right. Yeah. 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 They get ter- they get terrorized, but they all get out of the donkey. They end up getting a picture of the donkey that Cyborg tracks to Paraguay, which leads you to episode three when uh, Cyborg uh, gets everybody to, you know, we're going to go on this trip to Paraguay and figure out what's going on. Uh, the problem is they can't really... Cyborg can't get the private jet from his dad. His dad's like, no, Star Labs funds aren't going to be your thing, your little play thing while you're running around with these circus freaks and stuff like that. So they end up taking the bus yeah. and they can't get there in the bus super quick. So eventually you get to see one of uh, Crazy Jane's personalities, Lit, and Lit just teleports a couple of them. Uh, she teleports. Uh, Cliff, she teleports herself, and she teleports one other person. I can't remember which one it was. Oh, it was um, uh, it was Larry. Larry. It was definitely yeah. Larry. Yeah. Uh, when they get to Paraguay, they see this excited guy that's like, "Oh, are you guys here for it too?" Oh, it definitely isn't your guys' oh, first he, time. And he's super excited, and they get on this yeah. bus, and they're going to the Fuchs place. <laughs> the uh, legendary von fuchs and they get to sit uh in on this lovely little german uh, puppet, german puppet show it, it, it's very reminiscent of like the um oh what's that i can't describe it as that nazi musical because it is not that um the sound of music uh it's very reminiscent of like that puppet show from the sound of music where yes, it's just the, and these it goes through that's the history around. of Von Fuchs and how he wanted to, you know, in, make a better human, essentially, and and how he, he started working with the Nazis and other things. So how when that stuff. fell apart, he fled to uh, he Paraguay. Fled to Paraguay. <laughs> yeah. and, so, now he, and now he makes meta humans. People uh, refer to his most, uh, his highest tier of treatment as the Morden from Eric Morden, Mr. Nobody. Yes, Mr. Nobody. most infamous uh, transformation because he created the most powerful metahuman apparently there was. Fuktopia. Fuktopia. Is it Fuktopia or Fukland? I think it's my. Yeah, I think. Oh no, no. It's Fuktopia. Yeah. <laughs> That's the man named Steve. Ends up becoming a metahuman. We find at the end of the episode. Yes, yes, oh. he becomes uh, animal, vegetable, mineral man. Oh, I love animal, vegetable, mineral man. Yes, he has a uh, broccoli. Here he has a celery stalk for a hand. His his lower parts are minerals. Um, <laughs> it's also got a velociraptor double for, head. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's his dumb partner. Pun. It's, it's from, uh, kind of, it also attacks him a lot. <laughs> I know. But he refuses to testify against him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So the Doom Patrol's there. They try to wheel and deal their way through. Uh, Cliff freaks the fuck out and kills a bunch of Nazi clones or whatever, because we it's revealed that everyone who works in Fuktopia. Uh, so this episode um, is really actually, ended up 
selling me a lot on this just because like when you were saying uh cliff freaks out and kills a bunch of people and fucking also uh when you see there's a fight scene in this episode with flit as well where she kind of teleports and fucks some people up and shit and it is super fucking oh yeah yeah this fight scene with all the nazis is really great because you can always feel good about just a bunch of Nazis being killed because they're like the ultimate bad guy. Yeah, they're and then like, it's they're it's just like cool. yeah, they're, they're racist bad people. Crazy Jane ends up having a meeting with Von Fuchs himself. He's being kept alive by a old school style iron lung thing. And he looks like a little fucking great Zambino or whatever. One of those little, uh, <laughs> fortune tellers. And, uh, no, um, yeah, he, he says something. Yeah. Zoltar. Zoltar. Uh, yeah. But, uh, he says something interesting to her, how she is, many personalities in one body he is one personality in many bodies personalities yes and that's when you see how he has puppeteered all of the people around in this utopia and is yeah like all of them fucking metal dude it's super cool yeah it, and jane ends up killing him um I can't remember what her name is, but her power is that um, she, when she speaks, her words appear in the air as metal, and she can fling them at people. Silver tongue. She just stabs them. Silver tongue, yeah. Dude, she's, she's fucking just like, cool. A veer today, motherfucker. Be the same, motherfucker. Dude, that is... <laughs> Dude, anytime that chick came up, I was like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> like, um, Crazy um, Jane's different, would... like, personalities and powers. Like, they're all super rad. Yeah, what is her name? Uh, Diane Guerrero. Um, she, she plays Jane. She is very good at it. Because she has to play several different characters. Oh, I mean, that actress knocks it out of the park with, yeah, like, like you're saying, all the different types of personalities that she has to portray and just flip between them. It's, uh, whew, it's cool. And there's nice little, uh, there's cool little things you'll see for some different personalities, like um, when she's Hammerhead, uh, she has a tattoo on her chest and like a scar on her lip. And when she is um silver doll the little girl she has yeah, the, little like pigtail kind of pom-pom things for hair silver tongue she's got silver lips and stuff like that yeah they definitely change her appearance when she flips through different uh personalities yeah whoever's on the surface but yeah so at the end of this episode they've killed like everyone at Fooktopia. And that's how um, Steve <clears throat> gets left in a machine. That's how Steve becomes animal, vegetable, mineral man. Because he, he was, was left going in, in, in for their... a simple treatment, but he ended up being left in too long and he got more powers than he bargained what for. What was it? Do you remember what his. What I he know was what to he get? wanted. I, he wanted magnetic feet. 
I mean, I, th- I guess that's like, how we got the mineral lower half. As like not great powers, not like omega tier powers go, that one's not terrible. I could see some uses for it. Like <laughs> as long as you can control it. If you couldn't turn it off, that'd be pretty annoying. It's just, it's one of those things, it's like when a DM in D&D gives their party just this really obtuse, like, magical item that seems like it's like, well, that's practically mundane, you know? And it, then, like, well, we're gonna find some way to break it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, that well, episode this... is definitely in the top tier of one of my... uh. You know, as far as the episodes go, I don't know that I definitely have a favorite, but episode three and then leading into episode four. Also, I would say is one that I really fucking liked uh, cult patrol where the the team has to deal with the book of what is it? The cult of the unwritten of the unwritten book. Yeah. This I definitely like this because you get a kind of budget Constantine in uh, the Kipling character. So the difference between Kipling and Constantine is um, I think Kipling because Kipling also appears in the comics, too. I, I think Kipling and Constantine in, have interacted with each other in the comic book lore. I would um, but, be surprised if they haven't. Um, but Kipling is an occult detective, and I think he's like a Templar. Yeah, he's p- part of the Knights of the Templar. Yeah, while um, Constantine's just some fucking punk who, <laughs> I mean, liter- literally, <laughs> who just happens to have like unwieldy, unfucking unbelievable power. Right. Well, the cult of the unwritten book is a cult that is trying to summon the decreator. Uh, the book itself is a child where as they grew up, it, they grew up with these weird inscriptions on. And once the inscriptions are complete and the book is fully written, the cult will read the book and summon the decreator. So, it is up to the Doom Patrol to stop this because Kipling comes looking for uh, the chief, but the chief's nowhere to be found, so he's got to use these circus freaks. Um, lots of cool shit happens in this episode. The cult themselves, the mother raising the mother and father, you know, they show the kid going through these birthdays and slowly getting more and more of these like tattoo-looking things on him. Then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. on his 18th birthday, the father tells the kid to run because he's not going to save the world. He's going to destroy it. And then the mother and then the mother the just slits his yeah. throat right in front of the kid, and it's so metal, dude. And it's just like, and then they end up using those characters later when they go to the realm of uh, Nurheim. Nurheim. Uh, Nurheim. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, like that mother had ascended to a high priestess and she's like this giant so fucking rad dude like the the way this episode plays out um the separatings of the teams and whatnot it's it's cool um 
But, but then also what the I liked about this was um where it is also I think really what I liked about this it was um it was a while this show is very much a um like a serialized show a show that is each episode kind of feeds into the next one they still managed to have a two-parter in this that is its own this this is its own standalone separate problem different than they need to find the chief this is like oh no this is something on top of you need to find the chief you also have to deal with this god coming to destroy the earth right yeah yeah most definitely it's got the overarching narrative that ties you know that starts through episode one and goes all the way down but even in these like this is literally a two-parter episode because you get them trying to stop the reading of the unwritten book but they fail and the book is written and a creator is summoned in the sky and then that leads us into the fifth episode of paw patrol which this <laughs> when i was i i each episode because i'm watching this on hbo max and i'm looking at the episode titles as i'm going and you know i first episode is pilot and then you see two three or okay they got a theme going and when i i saw five before i even got to like episode four or anything and i'm like paw patrol that's funny they do pun. that's fun well and um, then the, and then the one after that too is uh doom patrol patrol yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah no they they do good stuff with their episode titles i i I appreciate shows that sprinkle in jokes for people that look at shit like that, you know? Um, it's it's pretty neat. But, uh, yeah, to stop the D-Creator, they decide they need to go back in history and make a different cult that summons the recreate. It's uh, Mr. It's uh, Calder's... Uh, Niles uh, convinces Mr. Nobody that they have to do something to stop the if if basically if mr nobody wants to continue doing his plans they have to stop the the world from ending or else he won't be able to have his fun yep it's that classic kind of villain thing where it's like well god damn it i don't actually want everything to be destroyed i just want to fucking torture you long, right so he uses his power of narration and one of Crazy Jane's personalities, Dr. Harrison, who Dr. Harrison is Dr. almost Harrison. as dangerous as fucking, um, oh, what's her name? Karen. She's cray cray. Oh, Karen's cray. I mean, they both have kind of similar powers yes 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 most certainly so i would say dr harrison might be more um dangerous just because she like looks at people and knows their insecurities yes she she can look at someone <laughs> and just completely like here's your here's your entire psychological profile like honestly for as far as superpowers go i would not be disappointed like if i just the abar oh oh dude that that says something weird about me but <laughs> uh, it's that's yeah she <laughs> makes a cult well 
<laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah, and, and so that's a thing. So we go back to this, like um, the seventies. Uh, it's nineteen seventy-seven. Uh, that's when um, Crazy Jane is locked up in a psych hospital, but she still, but she does have her powers at that time. And that's when Mister Nobody convinces her to start a cult of the rewritten book with yep. Dr. Harrison's power of persuasion. Um, so and the that crazy it, it people be... at the psych ward actually have good input for her cult because they decide to make it to where it's not visible writing and the book is not on a human, but it's on a dog. <laughs> it's cute... like you, they... you have to ring a bell. They cast to make a very visible. cute pug. Oh yeah, they they do a cute dog and they do a bunch of craziness. And then Mr. Nobody also tells Jane to find the doom. But they they're find successful the in summoning the recreator and that it brings back the destruction of the decreator and all is well for that one. Um as at this point, we've probably we've gotten into a lot of the backstories for some of the other characters. I can't remember specifically which episodes dig into which backstories more so, but I kind of want to touch on some of the characters' backstories that I do particularly like. One uh, thing Larry... we forgot. Yeah, I was just about to say one thing we forgot to mention about Larry is he's from the '50s and he's also secretly gay. Yeah, no, uh, Larry's backstory of him just being a flyboy and having an affair with his partner in the force and stuff like that and, you know, trying to lead a uh, quote-unquote normal life in the 50s and stuff like that. And then uh, later on in the series, you get even more insight to his past when he was a kid and you see his him overhearing parents arguing about wanting him to be normal doctor with a kid behind the bleachers and stuff. You know what he is and so that that kind of psychological toll that made him so torn about who he was and his identity and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, you probably really don't get into much of this until episode eight, but uh more of that kind of comes out a little bit then. But um Larry Trainer's backstory and stuff like that, a lot of the stuff that they did as far as his narrative and stuff, his uh, kind of uh, battle he has with the negative spirit, them trying to find peace with, uh, you know, each other uh, is a super cool thing. Uh, them trying to figure out ways of communicating with each other. Um, everything with that whole deal. Fucking level. Yeah. Yeah, I really... Um... The whole I, I like the whole negative man story uh storyline overall throughout the season. It's a it's an interesting character for sure. It, it, but it is I have seen some people criticize and it is a valid criticism that it's just like I mean <clears throat> it both took them it took him 50 years to start trying to communicate with this thing that's been inside of him. Sure. It all, yeah. But you have to think he's been gaslit by the chief this whole time. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. 
which you know this is a spoiler um, cast but, the last episode or second to last and last episode kind of do some stuff that way but yeah we'll, we'll get as into that as far as doom patrol patrol goes uh jane sets out to find the original doom patrol oh yeah at the um so at the end of the last episode um uh at the end of paw patrol um mr nobody takes the chief back and uh i think oh. cyborg yeah he yeah, freezes Cy- time cyborg. and then cyborg tries to fucking blast him but fucking his arm ends up going off fucking oof, it is yeah. uh, nasty business yeah, and then so the so Cliff ends up having to push his like SOS emergency repair button to help fix his arm, and and Cyborg's not down with that because it's also gonna Cyborg's having a lot of like doubts about his dad and about just yeah the fact he's that he got has daddy this... issues and it's also the fact that it releases like these nanites, nanites that repla- yeah. repair him and stuff and he's not exactly uh on board with everything those things might do him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, so we got Jane trying to find the Doom Patrol. And that leads her to an old superhero team called the Doom Patrol that has, what is it? It's uh, Steve Dayton, a.k.a. Mento, a millionaire psychic, uh, who who, uh, dated Reed in the 50s. Uh, Ariana, uh, a woman with elemental control of ice, who said she's also married to Calder. And Rhea, a woman with uh, electromagnetic ability. Uh, Oh yeah, and Josh Clay, a man who can fire kinetic blasts, but he never does that in the show. Um, It's just something that he says he can do. Uh, and they're kind of running a X-Men-like school with a bunch of kids that have metahuman powers. And um, Jane learns that she was originally supposed to have a room there. Niles had uh, had saved her a space there. But yeah. But uh, yeah, they, uh, they're not in running a superhuman school. It's all projection of Mento. Yeah, and uh, so I uh, so I actually liked rewatching this episode after I'd read the comics because these characters, uh, what is it? It's um, I Ari- didn't actually Ariani. I, yeah, yeah, and uh, Josh Clay. They were all on the pre um, Doom. They were all on the um, pre-Crisis Doom Patrol, and all of them except for Rhea were unceremoniously killed and like Ariani uh was very much it, the, her whole subplot was she took over uh the doom patrol after the chief and everyone except for Cliff was assumed dead um and she claims that she she did claim in the comics that she was married to the chief um but then the chief comes back it's he, he's he what he didn't actually die in that plane crash or whatever um but like 
to brush off the fact that she that that there's just this whole hanging storyline where the chief like married her when she was very young um he's just like no that bitch was crazy i don't know what she was talking about she's fucking nuts and it's just like <laughs> storyline resolved yep nope she's just crazy why were we, why were we taking orders from her then if she was so fucking nuts it's like doesn't matter she's fucking dead she's dead and gone bitch is crazy no i'm here now listen to me yeah, they find out that this is pretty much a spot where the chief has dumped failed, uh, you know, superheroes. Because, yep, and... oh, it, also, the reason that Mento is doing this whole projection is because uh, back in the 50s, they got into a scrap with Mr. Nobody, and they got fucked. Uh, he completely yeah. uh, used all of their insecurities and self-doubts uh, against them and turned them to um, <sighs> crazies, essentially. Yeah, he just re- he just totally freaked their beans and and um, just yeah yeah like you said made them crazies. And, but uh, Jane is torn up because she finds out that the only true part about this. Also, yeah, Joshua Clay isn't crazy. He's he's actually there watching over the three. Um, and he informs Jane that um, they really did have a room there for her. And that fucking breaks her heart because she's just like the chief was just going to throw me the fuck away. Right, yeah. Then you lead us into episode seven, Therapy Patrol, where we definitely, this is where we get more uh, backstories of the different characters and things like that. This episode... Uh, Larry's energy spirit forces him to revisit his affair with John and stuff like that. Um, Jane deals with her personality issues. Everybody just kind of goes this, into stuff you find out about fucking cyborg and his mom's death yeah so this episode's really interesting because it has um uh a, a device where it is it starts with every character's day it starts off at the beginning of, of every character's day that morning so we see uh, yeah it does like the groundhog's day kind of thing yeah or like the, seeing it the rashomon or where so. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, that's where we get like uh, Cliff's freaking out because uh, he found out he finds out that his daughter isn't dead. And she's now saying that his old fucking like pit manager or whatever is her dad. And so Cliff's having a bad time with that. And it also turns out that he uh, has a rat in his brain or something. A rat in his new Admiral tank. Whiskers. Admiral yes, Whiskers. Was, was uh, motivated by Mr. Nobody to seek revenge against the team because uh, back in like episode one, when the team took the fucking bus into town, Admiral Whiskers was a just a young rat and his mom was teaching him how to cross the street. 
they ran over his mom and he's going to seek <laughs> revenge for his mother's death. Uh, I love... So that's a thing I love about this show. As serious as it can get some... As, like, the actual legitimate serious issues it's dealing with, with whether it be mental health or fucking you're gay series... and you don't know what to do, it also right. has... This rat, this rat named Admiral Ris Whiskers is looking for revenge. Right, right. This, it is, it's not always well done, I will say. There's sometimes when I'm like, oh, you're still kind of doing some serious shit to throw a joke in here, guys. But there is a lot of comedy in this series that also does really because there are I points think... in this series that made me want to cry. Oh yeah, yeah, most certainly so. Um, um, is it was it something Jane related? Um, I don't know, maybe, man. I know specifically there was one point with Larry. Um, but uh, I know. Oh, the first time I watched. There was a point for me with Flex. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But, yeah, you end up finding out that the whole reason Larry, uh, Cliff was freaking out was because the rat was inside him, and, you know, that's causes a bunch of yeah, he was, stuff. He was he was having, like, hallucinations that he fucking drove to Florida and beat the shit out of Bump but he's actually um, fighting with Cyborg on the lawn right this episode for me was definitely it's not like a top tier episode I like the way it's shot and stuff like that I feel like this episode is a really good way to get a lot of um, like what's the word I'm looking for uh, character development yeah uh, what's um exposition exposition yes it's a lot it's a it's a very good way to put in a lot of exposition in one episode yeah um but so like i just want to move on to one of the, the next episode because it's danny patrol and that danny patrol danny the street the sentient gender queer teleporting street Danny. <laughs> oh man, he's great. Uh, so Danny, I I remember reading something on my many late night Wikipedia dives about comic book stuff, and I remember reading about Danny the Street, and I'm just like, huh. So there exists <laughs> in the DC universe. A teleporting street that's sentient and genderqueer. Yep, non-binary. Huh, okay. Oh. And I, I'm like, the I think the only thing I knew about the Doom Patrol at that point was that um, Beast Boy was on the Doom Patrol originally. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think I remember that from Titans, because I think the Doom Patrol shows up on Teen Titans at some point. Uh, the, the the original cartoon and also the DC universe. Um, so yeah, that's a weird thing that you might not know about. The uh, the Doom Patrol originally showed up on the DC universe Titans, the live action one where Robin's just like fuck Batman. 
And all in all, isn't actually a terrible show. That was just a fucking terrible uh, trailer for it. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, they have a different chief, um, but they have the same uh, Rita and Cliff and Larry, except for Larry has slightly different is a slightly different design that's a little bit closer to the comics. Although I will say I fucking love Larry's costume. I I, I wouldn't mind doing a cosplay of that. Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, Danny Patrol, I also like this episode as well because it, it introduces more of the Bureau of Normalcy, yes. which uh, Larry was a product of uh, in the 60s. And... The Bureau is hunting Danny because Danny has absorbed one of the Bureau's agents um, and that agent's partner, uh, Darren Johnson, is uh, trying to fucking get at him. But so Larry ends up at uh, at Danny the Street in Danny the Street. I don't know. Uh, uh, no, uh, one thing. Uh, wait, wait, what were you saying? I was going to say, <clears throat> Larry and Cliff, I believe, are the ones that find themselves... Or, no, it's Larry and Cyborg are the ones that find themselves at Danny the Street, right? Um, yeah, because Danny sends them a cake with an address because uh, Danny's looking for Niles for help. Yeah. Right, 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 right. The address doesn't exist, but they go there and they find Danny the Street. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> in Danny the Street, they find Mara Lee Corrupt, who <laughs> is a fucking awesome drag queen that, uh, you know, keeps the uh, perpetual cabaret going. They've got to they've got to keep the party going just to, to, to sustain Danny's energy. I fucking love it, dude. It's so cool. And uh, you find out that Mara Lee is the a former agent and that, you know, they just felt right when they found Danny. And that's what Danny's there for. And, you know, they're trying to protect Danny from the uh, Bureau of Normalcy and whatnot. Um, <laughs> I really... I, so in the comp there's a really cool thing that happened. Danny plays a pretty cool part of the um of the doom patrol because eventually he just becomes their headquarters because it's like yeah i could teleport anywhere so i can just take you to whatever problem wherever it is and it's like oh that's cool um but then eventually he escapes to his own dimension and becomes danny the world danny's pretty cool they uh yeah they get down uh i think yeah. Danny's just like yeah they're pretty too. They're, they're, they're pretty they're pretty tight character um they're a great but, character for being a street <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> like they're so delightful a street has so much personality hi everybody um, and it's just a fucking banner coming across the coming across the road i don't remember if it's that episode or the uh following episodes where they deal with uh danny air patrol but um eventually um, they throw it. um it's the so, next one yeah yeah so while this is all going on with um cliff or yeah not cliff uh with um uh, larry and um cyborg. cyborg with danny 
Uh, Jane has run off, um, and because <laughs> one of her personalities, what is that? Oh, what is that? Karen. Karen. Oh, Karen. Karen is a romance uh, film. Yeah, rom- a 90s rom-com come to life. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Cliff and, uh, and Rita have to deal with that because she's um, tracked down her old um, boyfriend. Uh, was it Dave? Kevin, Doug. Doug. Oh, oh, Dougie. Um, yeah, she tracks down Doug, and she basically brainwashes him into being like, "Oh God, I love you. I love you, sweetheart. Oh, you're so great." Even though when when they first meet, he's just like, "No, no, not again, not again." <laughs> we were gonna get married, and then you just ran away. You just disappeared. Yeah, when they do get Karen to kind of give up control of Jane, Jane also kind of gives up control and just goes catatonic and into the underground. And with no personalities at the top, she's just laying there. So that brings us into episode nine where they have to do Jane patrol and figure out how to deal with her, uh, you know, in this state. So I really like this episode, but I'm it's also super cool. a sucker. I'm a sucker for visualizing um like brain stuff or like specific, like multiple oh, okay. personality yeah, yeah. stuff. Right, right. I like when people's brains talk to them, uh whether it be on the Simpsons, well like or, or um there's like a house episode where house is having a hallucination and he realizes that he's having a hallucination. He's just like, "Well, if I'm hallucinating, I might as well use it to my advantage." Sure, just yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I like I like people self-aware about <laughs> their just mental stuff. Yeah. Uh it's cool. Um you know, the negative spirit from Larry helps use his power to transport Larry um Cliff's consciousness Cliff. into the underground where Cliff tries to find Jane and he runs into some of Jane's other personalities. And it's cool seeing in the underground, these other personalities actually played by other actresses. And, you know, it just gives them that much more depth. And it's like, Oh, she's got other fucking people in her. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Hammerhead uh, is rad. a fucking six foot is like a six foot two jacked out bald lady and fucking fucking, she's a beast dude she looks like she'd whoop my ass so quick (laughs) yeah she also she looks like um what's her name from third rock from the sun i cannot remember her name i don't remember that actress's name but i know who you're talking about yeah the Um, the lady that wasn't um uh, the Jane or whatever. It doesn't matter. We're not talking about third rock. Yeah, Cliff helps Jane face her fear of her abusive father, and you know, yes, because the, the whole, whole reason fucking that thing. Jane, yeah, Jane, it, Jane went to the underground because she just can't deal with being the one in control. And we learn about um, she's got a special memory of a fucking little pond area that's 
isn't oh. actually a place that any of them oh. in her, any of her personalities have ever been. It was just the puzzle that she was working on before her abusive father would come home. Oh. And it's gross, yeah. dude. I fucking hate all that shit. Um, yeah, it's rough. Oh, the thing that almost made me cry was in the Danny Patrol episode when Danny has... I think that's in the Danny Patrol episode. It might be in the Hair Patrol episode, but uh, Larry is, like, at the Perpetual Cabaret, and he has this whole fucking thing of him singing, and it's a fucking great thing. And then Oh, yeah, yeah, the, his whole dance number. Yeah, his whole, yeah. His whole song and dance. Yeah, that, that's, not, I think that's in Danny Patrol. that actually. None of that actually happened. Yeah. When it but, cuts to him, like, saying no thanks or whatever and, like, turning that down, I just rip my heart out. Yeah. yeah. But he does sing later. There is a point he does sing later. It's true. He gets teleported. When, when they get teleported out, he is in the middle of singing, and that does, like, kind of, you know, patch that patch that wound up a little bit for me. And, but and he, like, has a really, he has a really funny joke with that where it's just like, wasn't that was bad? Wasn't that was bad? It? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, it, it's like, I that whole musical number with him and stuff like that, that actor is just a really fucking good-looking guy, too. It, it's, it's one of those fucking crazy things where they cast such a fucking good-looking guy to be wrapped up in bandages or just well, with the craziest prosthetics on. Like, so I, that's that, one thing I think I messaged you about. I'm just absurdly interested in, like, behind the scenes on uh, Larry Trainer when he is, like, the burn victim status and, like, how much of that is practical makeup, how much of it's touched up with CGI, and how long did that take to put like jesus christ (laughs) although there is a thing there there's um two different actors for larry there's when he is not all burned up and super handsome or when he's in the bandages and that's a different actor just like there's they still uh, the handsome dude still does the voice for him though when he's bandaged up though right like yes he does he does does do the voice he's just not He's just not in the. He's not actually all wrapped up. Okay. Because like makes... you're saying, he's too handsome to be all wrapped up and <laughs> and possibly damage his face. You can just <laughs> you can put an uggo in the in wrapped up and bandage. There. Shit. Come on. No, John. I said you could put an uggo. Oh shucks. But uh, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> That's um... such a, it's like that's a compliment to you, but it's still like mean. uh yeah jane patrol's great episode um bullshit leads us into hair which takes place side by side one of those episodes where you see what's going on while cliff is inside jane's head uh the bureau of normalcy decides to get a fucking weirdo fucking guy that has a power of eating hair and just becoming connected with that person's dna and psyche or fucking something i love of beard hunter it's it's very gross but that's so gross he's so fucking gross the guy they got to play him was perfect because oh absolutely just like 
it's just this it's just this insufferable dork that's just like I really like beards. That's the thing I am really into. Just this also ninja with gear. A fucking gene fucking disorder where he can't grow a beard but he fucking loves them. Ooh, yeah. Oh, just licking his chops every time he sees some <laughs> facial hair. Oh, dude, fucking gross, dude. Oh, dude, and then, oh, no. <laughs> so what? bad, dude. Just, uh, when fucking Flex is flexing the wrong muscle and the fucking beard hunters, they're just standing, fucking looking at that dude with the fucking beard. Oh, <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking likes yeah. dude afterwards. Uh, that's what I like a show that can be off the walls, just like a comedy. Sometimes, while while it yeah. does, while it does deal with very serious things, it it still knows that it's just like yeah, it it's like yeah, it's a dark world, but there still stuff you can laugh at you can have a guy flex so hard it makes everyone come but <laughs> and but you can also that, be in a world that's very sad that was an amazing scene yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah hair uh, patrol is a lot of just um gross stuff with the fucking hair guy you also find yeah, out to... that um I I forgot what I was gonna say. Yeah, Niles called. Yeah, th- this one you also um go into Niles' backstory back in 1913 when Is this he was the working one for you the to find out. Uh, yeah, all the stuff with him and his uh lover. Yes, his Canadian lover or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So he finds like an ancient person. And it's uh, back when, the, before the Bureau of Normalcy was the Bureau of Normalcy, and they were the Bureau of Oddities. Oddity. Yeah. They would go and, uh, you know, they were explorers, not hunters. And he found, you know, he almost got mauled by wolves, but he got saved by this spirit. The spirit yeah, is this summoned big wolf, by bear the, antler. Her name yeah, is the... Slava, or, uh, um, what, S-L-A-V-A, V-A, S-L-A-V-A, Slava, Slava, yeah. and, yeah. uh, he falls in he's... love with her, he, he yeah, falls, he he falls hard for this hairy little lady, yeah, it's, uh, that was all interesting enough, I mean, um, this is uh this episode is important cuz it sets up um the ending. It sets up it, yeah, this episode sets up the ending. Sure, with him having a daughter and everything. Yeah. 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 But other than that, so, you know. yeah, he he It's cool to see him get his freak on with a <laughs> very hairy naked lady. Yeah. Beard Hunter does end up getting some of Calder, uh, the chief's hair, and uh, before he flees, uh, well, well, Cy- well, that's or thing. Yeah, Reed he, is like... able to tag him with a tracker from Cyborg. 
Yeah, but he, it's also, he, like, he has too much of Nihilus's hair and, like, passes out from it. So they get the chance to, um, they tie him up at some point. He's, like, very bad at this. He gets tied up, and the only reason he escapes is because Cyborg loses a mustache hair and he eventually gets to eat it. And that, like, gets him in Cyborg's brain and fucking, I somehow made makes him like <laughs> makes his arm gun go off again yeah yeah so, a cyborg is just having bad luck with his with his grid system yeah the next episode francis patrol is probably one of the like least interesting for me it's just more bullshit with cliff and his daughter uh that i don't care about um and then Vic. Uh, Cyborg gets kidnapped by the Bureau of Normalcy, which uh, leads into cool stuff in the next episode. Um, yeah, the only um, <coughs> the only real big thing that's revealed in this episode, I think, is um, that they've got to find Flex Mentello, the hero of the beach. Yeah, 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 and Flex and Mentello. Then, yeah, and and Vic's ca- and then Vic's it, Vic is captured. Uh, right. Vic's Leads captured while they're looking. Yeah, they like look into my elbow. Look into my elbow. That's such a weird fucking look into my thing to say. Ugh. But uh, yeah. Uh, Cyborg's dad shows up since Vic is missing. He gets the team to kind of mobilize and start uh getting a plan for how to. Get Vic released from the ant farm, the place where oh. all the uh, people who are being held by the Bureau are stored. Um, so one thing, that going back to Francis Patrol, one other thing that does happen is um, the negative spirit lets Larry in his dreams um, reconnect with John, his former lover. Okay, that aspect of that episode was all really good. I I loved all of that. Uh, Larry yeah. being able to go and actually see John in the real world uh, after aging, and you know John being able to tell him, you know, it's like, hey, I went and lived my life after that. You know, it's like it's okay. I I know everything must have been hard the way, you know, you've been living with this guilt and stuff like that for all these years. Stuff. It, just the closure it, you know being able to give larry a closure on something like that um was super fucking cool and that definitely helps him with his relationship with the negative spirit as well yeah it's finally the negative spirit is like i'm trying to fucking give you some closure i'm trying to make you not hate yourself it, it seems like what is mainly going on with... yeah you hating yourself makes it hard for me to fucking live in here bud yeah dude i, I want to <laughs> i don't want to live in this thing that doesn't like itself you torturing yourself is torturing me so uh fucking stop <laughs> um but yeah so we go to what we're on cyborg patrol now yeah, with uh, Silas trying to uh, get the team figured out how to uh, get inside the ant farm and stuff. 
artsy fucking cyborg's got this uh roommate next to him that's this big hairy guy that ends up being flex which uh flex as a character i fucking adore in both his dumb state and his fucking um once he knows who he is yeah it's such it's such a fucking weird character the the muscle mis- the man of muscle mystery his ability is so funny yeah. flexing different muscles or doing different things makes it, it literally he can tear space and time apart yeah um but yeah so they've got a so yeah us uh, Silas has got to organize a whole uh, breakout with the team to get uh, Vic out of the Bureau of Normalcy. And they plan a double-double cross. Yeah. Yep, it seems like Silas has betrayed them to get Vic out, but then it turns out that it was all part of the plan the whole time. And Silas isn't the the cold-hearted bastard we thought he was. But, ooh, this episode does end with Cyborg beating the fucking shit out of him, and uh, it ends with you thinking he killed him. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely thought he killed him at the end. Uh, Because this whole time, Mr. Nobody's been fucking with um, Cyborg's head and fucking with Grid. In, like, the past couple episodes, he's been getting weird messages from Grid that make him think that his dad's, like, been trying to uh, gaslight him and control him or like right. the, the whole reason that he's cyborg is because his dad set this whole thing up and it turns out not to be true it's like yeah. the real one of the memories the secret that entirely is, fake yeah it turns out the real secret that um uh silas was hiding the whole time was that um he had to choose between Victor and his wife and Vic's mom and right. so he chose Vic because it's the it's the only choice his wife would have made right I like yeah. that I like that scene. and the thing with Vic fucking like that that entire ending you know this episode was another one yeah. I am a baby back oh you mean the with, with uh, when shows. The, like when I cry bus- pretty easily I, I cry too when the butts escaped. <laughs> <laughs> the butts! Dude, that one army general just fucking domed. Oh my god, dude, I love, I love a punchline that is someone just casually pulling out a gun and just, <laughs> and just shooting themselves. Just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's been an honor. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, then leads us into Flex Patrol, which picks up literally right where that left off. They end up, the negative spirit ends up recognizing that the guy that was in the fucking cell next to Cyborg was the guy, same guy w- that was in the cell next to him and Larry when they were in there back in the fucking 60s. And Flex was yeah. originally brought in. Flex when he was first brought in, was trying to escape. 
and flex his weird muscle powers allow him to hear the negative spirit and communicate with the negative spirit which i think is is another one of those things that makes me just love flex right him like being able to talk to that character and you know have that kind of back and forth dialogue that you don't see is fucking so cool also uh since i am just coming fresh off watching the last episode i want to mention something so that i can mention it verbatim um there there's i watch this show with subtitles on just because sometimes uh you know you can't hear people as well or something like that i want to get the I, and everything like that. i can, i'm the same but I cannot. Uh, I don't appreciate a show quite as much if I'm not watching it without subtitles. Cause I'm just like, I sometimes I don't know what they're saying. So you know the thing that I'm going to mention in the last episode. Um, Admiral Whiskers, uh, is a character that communicates in squeaks, but they give they translate his squeaks in the subtitles. So even though you don't hear it in the episode. The subtitles give you jokes. And there's a part where Admiral Whiskers and Ezekiel are both giant, and the Mr. Nobody is making them fall in love with each other. Admiral Whiskers squeaks, and he says, I'm going to spread you like the plague. <laughs> he says, like, come here, Daddy. I'm going to spread you like the plague. <laughs> so that was a quick little one-off tangent just so that I could really get that quote right. Um, so, yeah, you know, if you watch stuff with subtitles, you get extra little jokes. Yeah. Um, it doesn't translate the negative spirit communicating to Flex during any of those uh, instances, but it's nope. still um, super rad that, you know, then the negative spirit pops up, and even though Flex Mentallo having being tortured into submission and having over all these years uh, gotten a lot of memory loss, negative spirit recognizes his energy and stuff and brings Lex with them to Doom Patrol Manor so that they can all try to figure out how to get Flex back to remembering himself. Yeah. And they eventually do when they um, bring oh. his... Uh, yeah, when they bring his wife back. Yeah, they this is the part that made me cry. Wife. And uh, one, they so in torturing Flex, the only way they could really get him to, uh, you know, conform is by kidnapping his wife Dolores, and you know, saying if you cooperate today, you get to see her tomorrow. That kind of stuff. Um. Eventually, they end up inundating Dolores into the Bureau of Normalcy as a brainwashed agent. Um, she's one of those people that says, look into my elbow, and you know, captures people for them. When they do finally find Dolores, and her and Flex have their you know, beautiful reunion... Moments after recognizing each other, she gets fucking Thanos snapped disintegrated. Yeah. That shit is... It's such a bummer. Yeah, 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 yeah. But her being there was enough to get Flex's mind back and stay to where he could start remembering who he was. I like... 
I like how he sees the picture of himself and he's like, I like, I could, I'd like to look like that guy. And they're like, you fucking are that guy. And you know, they start giving him the haircut, they trim him up, and he's like, yeah. Who's this handsome fellow? I worked out a little bit more. I would do a flex mentalo cosplay. I think a little bit more is um, generous. <laughs> hey, you haven't seen I, me recently, boy. We've been in quarantine, but I've been staying in shape. But still, his body is like a, a muscle, like a like a bodybuilder type of body. Amen. But like TV ready, so it's not grotesque. Don't body shame my cosplay. Um, I'm not body shaming your cosplay. I'm just saying that this is a cosplay you'd have to put like a gym membership into. I hey man, I, I or, think you forget that I do work out for two hours a day, five days a week. Or, or you could uh, start getting into steroids. There's nothing against inherently against the law about steroids. You're right. Email uh, email me about your guy later, and uh, we'll get into that. I don't have a guy. I'm a skinny fuck. I don't need steroids. <laughs> that's, not the, that's not the body type I'm going for. I'm trying to be like, uh, uh, um, what is it, like uh, Brad Pitt and Fight Club. The kind of like lean muscle. Oh, no. I thought you were going for more of a Christian Bale in the machine. Uh, <laughs> very funny. Uh, <laughs> it's so mean. <laughs> uh, no. uh, what were we Back talking about Patrol. before? You just before you just were like, let's just gut snibs. <laughs> um. So after Flex gets his, you know, um, self of self sense of self back, um, he figures out a way for. To help the Doom Patrol find the Chief, and that is to get them to the white space, the space in between the story. Um, yeah, he points out at the uh, at a comic book, and he points at the the spaces in between the panels. That's where that's where Mister Nobody lives in the white space. I really like that. I I, I like. Them in the series using that white void set um, as, you know, a spot for Mr. Nobody to be the narrator, to be Eric Morden, to do his fucking thing and stuff like that. And then using that plot device and translating it from a comic book sense is just super cool. I uh, Everything about the white space, at, you know, parts of that, I, uh, I think that's neat. Yeah, from what I've read of like Mr. Nobody of the Mr. Nobody stuff in the comics, they did him they did him different, but I, I like the way that they did him in the show. They made him like cuz in the comics um the whole thing is is like um he when when you like look at him, he looks like uh you're looking at him out of the corner of your eye. That's how everyone describes him. Oh. And, it's like, oh, that's that's an impossible thing to get to actually do. And so the artist didn't even try to. They just made him basically like a weird question mark man. What was my point? Um, I, I, I like I like Alan Tudyk's um, take on, on Mr. Nobody for sure. 
Uh, and I like the I I like the show's take uh, on um, like what he is because I feel because he was definitely he wasn't like this <laughs> super powered like like got all these can trap you in alternate dimensions and stuff. Uh, he was more just like yeah I'm gonna bring about a brotherhood of uh, I can't remember what they called it it wasn't like the Legion of Evil it was like the um uh it was just it was kind of nonsensical he he oh the legion of dada after like dada dadaism which is uh, uh some kind of art style that's all about how nothing really matters mm. um but i like yeah but but i like the white space i like i like how they made it so it's like no this is his powerful domain the the place in between the panels yeah, and as they're brought to the white space, each of the Doom Patrol is sent into their own kind of pasts, and Mr. Nobody is giving them the opportunity to live in a reality that, you know, he imagines that they, you know, would have wanted, you know, being, living in a reality without all the tra tragedies that have befelled them. Uh, through the character development that all the people had gone through through the season at this point, you um, get to the point where they are able to, you know, say, fuck all that. Yeah, this is what you're talking about before, where Rita, um, Rita starts narrating. She starts to take control of her own story. And that's when... Um, yeah, that's when they all meet back up and they they um we are in it? episode 14 at this point, the penultimate patrol. Yes. Um so what is it? It's um yeah, so then Cyborg appears um after they all are like, "Yeah, no, fuck you. We we've got the power." And Cyborg fucking just blasts him and just integrates mr nobody and then we and cut then they to go. yeah they win and then we it? cut like to a year later. later oh it's a, a year, year later, later a full year uh the team has now become officially become the doom patrol uh with the chief leading them and uh larry making pancakes and them and then they get called to action they have to yep. kill a giant robot that, that is um Terrorizing a city. Yes. And they die. The city. And then and they then... groundhogs day it. Yes. Over and over and over again. And then the as it keeps going, the chief starts realizing what's going on. And then they hadn't it's won. revealed that they hadn't won. That wasn't that wasn't cyborg. Actually there's a super weird thing where it's only revealed after the real cyborg appears, and we learn that that this cyborg that they've been with is actually Mister Nobody, and he set them all up. Yeah, it wasn't even um, the fact that the chief so, realized the chief couldn't even stop the whole Groundhog Day thing until the real cyborg showed up. Yeah, because then and then that's when Mister Nobody forces Calder to reveal uh, his darkest secret. Uh, the the truth behind the Doom Patrol. 
that he's the cause of all of their uh, all of their accidents that befell them. That he's the reason that they are the way they are. And that is that is also something from the comic. But I will say a big difference between Niles Calder in the comic and Niles Calder in the show is Niles Calder in the show is a lot more likable than Niles Calder in the comic. Niles Calder in the comic is a fucking asshole sometimes. A mm. lot of the time. He actually tried to uh, take over the world at some point. Huh. Man. But yeah, after learning all that, uh, you get to Ezekiel Patrol, the last episode, the season finale, uh, in which, you know, uh, Mr. Nobody then just disperses the doom patrol and lets them do as they choose with the information knowing that their beloved chief is the reason they are the way they are um they uh, all kind of split ways for the most part um you know larry and rita stay together but uh yeah rita's like a uh high school uh acting teacher (laughs) she came Bullied by her students. Larry improves his relationship with the negative spirit. Uh, Jane goes to just living in the bus. Uh, uh, just being uh, so homeless. Jane. Jane goes back to uh, Doom Patrol Manor, or no, uh, the the yeah, Doom Patrol house. Yeah. No, yeah. right. The uh, the. The quote-unquote school that Mento had is at, and she goes to yeah. visit, visit that Joshua guy, and he gives yeah. her a <clears throat> essentially power suppressing uh, drug that, if given her correct doses, will make her, you know, in a stable spot where she can deal with the noise. It, it you know, it dulls the good and the bad, but. Yeah, it's not just she like fucking a... flits out of there with it and then just fucking gives self doses and goes into a goddamn coma. Mm-hmm. But and then <laughs> um You got Cliff who's just like watching Cliff... after Jane, essentially. Yes, because cause that's kind of been Cliff's whole thing this season is is Jane is his surrogate daughter. He he's kind of trying to fill the void of of the fact that he doesn't have his daughter in his life. He's trying to fill that with Jane. Right. And Jane very clearly sees that and isn't, isn't like, isn't down because she has bad experiences with father figures. Yeah. She has baggage, but she's not the personality that she's not the original personality. The team goes six months, just, uh, doing their thing and eventually they all hear this singing noise that they can't get out of their head and they go they follow it and well, it they leads hear them to dune manor they hear chumbawamba they, yeah they hear uh tub pumping <laughs> but prior to this uh the reason all this is happening is because while mr nobody had succeeded he was bored now what? He well, well, he forgot about a thing. He, he forgot yes. about. Uh, he forgot about the girl, Calder's little uh, little girlfriend from back in 1902, and 
that um, <clears throat> he found uh, friends and uh, formed the Brotherhood of Animals with Ezekiel and Admiral Whiskers. <laughs> yes. Oh, we, we forgot to mention Ezekiel is a talking cockroach. That Ezekiel um, is a talking cockroach that appeared periodically in the show. I believe his first appearance was in the cult episode. Um, Ezekiel speaks the word of God and, yeah. and is uh, definitely interesting. But uh, through Ezekiel's uh, kind of, you know, guidance, Mr. Nobody remembered that he needed to find the girl. And so Mr. Nobody kidnaps Danny the Street. Because Danny hiding Calder's daughter. Yeah, he is. Um, so, yes, yeah, so this episode, it's revealed the reason that Niles Calder did this to everyone is because he was in the search for immortality because he needs to live. He wants to live just one day longer than his daughter because she apparently is immensely powerful. Yeah, apparently the Bureau of Oddities slash Normalcy had the Immortus Project, which uh, Isles was head of. I don't even think that was the Bureau's thing. I think that was just Niles. Um, well, no, it was definitely the Bureau because uh, Frostscythe comes to... Uh, Niles oh. and informs him about finding the proper candidate in Jane and uh, yeah. needs Niles' signature to go through with. You're right. I just watched the episode. It, like, this is the episode that I just watched before yeah. this recording. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this one's fresh in my head. The rest of this stuff I've binged throughout this week, but uh, this one. Um, but yeah, so Danny is trapped in a painting that is emitting Chumbawamba. Um, so they all, the team is, is all back together and they all the get The crew decides to, to do it. it for Danny and the girl. This episode and, uh, honestly uh, kind of falls flat for me. Like, it, it, t- it ties up all the loose ends and stuff like that, but like... The previous episode being called the penultimate episode is fitting because that's where I got most of the stuff that I needed from as far as story goes. You know, you get closure on a lot of the character development. You get, um, you know, finding out that Niles is responsible is cool, I guess. Finding out how he is responsible in this last episode is neat as well. But as a whole, um, I also didn't feel like this episode sets up a season two super hard. Um, Having seen some of season two, I was actually going to say, I think this episode does a lot of setting up for season two. Okay. Okay. Because so we get in there, they... Okay, yeah, you. I'm guessing season two, you find out more about Niles' daughter because in this episode, it is this episode is essentially about Niles' daughter. You find out that yeah, about when he to made love, 
you know, you find you think the girl is essentially the woman that he made love to way back in 1915 or whatever. Yeah. Then you find out that when he says he has a daughter, that okay, you know, apparently his lover, that lover had passed, passed her powers on to the child that they had, and uh, that is who he's been protecting. Um, yeah, the team gets to Danny and they find that. The girl's power had uh, enlarged Ezekiel and Admiral Whiskers, making it to where Mr. Nobody no longer had control. Uh, <clears throat> the two animals, or the two creatures, wreaking havoc on Danny while it in the void of the white space. Um, the team figures out a way to bl- essentially blow up uh, the entire area, killing... <clears throat> The creatures yeah it's um so so they get summoned there by beard hunter because beard hunter mr nobody um okay so we gotta go back so beard hunter had ended up on danny um and danny had accepted him because that's what danny do danny's just like yeah no you're fine you just just you got you gotta you gotta stop being such a weird nasty beard beardy boy but we like weird we like we like weird beards here um but then it turns out that uh beard hunter sold danny out because uh, because um nobody knew uh, that niles daughter was here because beard hunter had consumed niles hair so mr nobody came to beard hunter with clippings of abraham and i think van gogh and somebody else uh, zz top ZZ Top, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was enough to make the Beard Hunter sell out the information that Danny was hiding Niles' daughter and whatnot. Yeah. But, um, so he was the one singing Tub Thumping that summoned them all here to get uh, to help save Danny. So they eventually convince Mr. Nobody that he has to use his power of narration to <laughs> to get the uh, mouse and the cockroach to make out because they're going to crawl well, into the uh, go on. Well, the thing is, they they conceive a plan where Larry is going to unleash a nuclear blast that kills Mister Whiskers and uh, you know helps open up a portal to get Danny and the rest of everybody there back to uh the normal plane um the only problem is the nuclear blast is going to hurt everybody around them so they get cyborg comes up with a plan of getting everybody inside of ezekiel the cockroach and that will protect them from the blast the problem is that cliff got eaten by Admiral Whiskers because Admiral Whiskers was like, Revenge! You made me an orphan! Um, (laughs) So... Ah... Shit. So yeah, that's when Mr. Nobody then has to use his power of narration to make Ezekiel and Admiral Whiskers get the hots for each other and start making out and you get that line about spreading you like the plague. 
uh, <laughs> which is definitely going on my Tinder profile. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, yes, they, they make out so Cliff can ca- crawl from Whiskers to Ezekiel's mouth, and then Larry blows up and knocks them all in, into the real world. Um, Dan- the only thing remaining of Danny is a brick called uh, Danny Brick Co. It just says Danny Brick Co. on it, and he's now Danny the Brick. And um, what is it? Uh, Vic slice. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Vic slices open uh, Ezekiel's abdomen, and they all step out. Uh, and everyone except for uh, Larry has now been shrunk to a very tiny size because they just came out of a cockroach. And they're all yep. standing on Danny, and we see a little girl in a blue dress, but we don't see her face. And she's introduced as Dorothy. And yeah, we see they're tiny, and I think that's the yeah, that's the end of the season. You also see the picture for the painting canvas that oh yeah, uh, Danny was uh, trapped in. Now just has the Beard Hunter and Mister Nobody. Mister Nobody trapped in it, yeah. So I can definitely see where this sets up a lot of the season two stuff just between uh, Dorothy uh, beginning episode, getting everybody back to size, things of that nature. But individual individual character plot lines and things like that, like uh, specifically Larry, I think he has a lot of resolved stuff already with his backstory. You can always get into more of him being tortured by the Bureau and, you know, the stuff with him and his wife. Yeah, his, and stuff like that. Yeah, but his wife and his kids, his family. All in all, I feel like a lot of his stuff was kind of plowed through really well during this season. Um, I could definitely see getting into more stuff with Rita, just because she kind of mentioned a lot of where her trauma comes from and stuff. But um, you know, you could always probably mine more out of that and whatnot. I just don't care for Cliff like family issue shit um i I love brendan fraser's acting the character and stuff like that uh but i just don't care about it's a thing it's a thing of where it'd be better if he wasn't just a dumb shithead character right 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 you know it's like it's like it's all his if he does have a relationship with his daughter, it's only going to get so good because it's not like he was that good to begin with. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the show's cool. The show's awesome. Uh, I'll watch season two. How many episodes are out on season two right now? Um, I think maybe four or five. Oh, they look right here. One, two, three, four, five. Five of nine, I think. What it looks like. Yeah. yeah um, I'm into it. I I like the show. I'm easily, uh, like I said, I'm easily pleased with a lot of stuff, just hard to hook. So when I'm able to plow through something and like, also the third episode was one of my favorites. So when you have something like that, that can, you know, get you off on a really nice footing. Um, good shit. Yeah, yeah, I really 
Doug, I'm glad uh, I'm glad you liked it. It was one of those shows when I saw it. I'm like, I think I think John would like this if he if he sits down and watches it. But you I think when it came out, you were at the point where it was just like, I'm only watching. Uh, I'm only playing Destiny and watching Rooster Teeth right now, man. Or like Sea of yeah. Thieves. <clears throat> now, it was probably Sea of Thieves. And now I'm at the point where I only play Apex and watch Rooster Teeth. So. <laughs> oh, you've changed so much. Uh, I know, um, right? Um, so, do we rate the show? Do we give it like a number rating? Or do you want to just like, it was good, it was bad? Eh, I liked it. That's okay. what I'll say about it. All right. I think I think that's better. Pinning it down with a number is so blech or something like this. Yeah. We're just talking about the show. And speaking of what we're going to be talking about, um, I think we decided next time we do this, um, it's going to be a show you've seen and I haven't. Yeah, so next time, with it being something I've watched and you haven't, I feel like I watch a little bit more anime than you, and we're going to take it that direction. We're going with the first season of Demon Slayer. And that's uh, on Hulu, I believe? It Hulu. is streaming on Hulu. Um, I believe the movie uh that takes place after the first season is coming out soon so you know it's somewhat topical okay okay yeah this is and this it's also kind of... it's also a show where i really enjoy the art style and i think the story is pretty neat so uh i uh hope you dig it the only thing i know about it is it's got that lady with the like the bamboo uh mouth thing. muzzle yeah yeah well, we'll definitely talk uh, about my opinions of some of the characters and stuff <laughs> like that uh, next time we talk. Okay. Um, here, yeah, you, you you've been kind of leading this. Why don't you end it, end it for us now? Let me take the uh, lead by telling you you to end it. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Well, you know, if if you stuck around and you listened to it, thanks, guys. Uh, but until next time, this is Binge and Purge, the spoiler cast with me, John. And me, Meryl. Take it easy, guys. Swamp Things I Hate About You is now available on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And remember, only dumb kids dream.